This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. FEN Track. Welcome to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds. The first bet Sunday through Friday. grnz.co.nz. Ah, yes, a very good morning to you wherever you may be listening on SEN Track on this Sunday. Damien Watson here with Kiwi Chasing, all thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form, and it's been a big week. We've had the completion on Friday of the Wind Power Stakes and still plenty of racing to come over the coming days as well in New Zealand as we dissect, I guess, all of the latest Greyhound racing news from across the Tasman. Damien Watson here in the Australian studios, and I'm joined, as always, across the Tasman by uh, two experts. Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook, two great broadcasters. Uh, Rosso, big welcome to you, mate. Yeah, look, thank you, Damien. Uh, it was a real pleasure to be commentating on Friday at uh, the Manawatu Raceway, Palmerston North Greyhound Racing Club, possibly the best meeting that has ever been carded there. Certainly while I've been involved, I've been around a wee while, not always in the central districts, but it was a special premier meeting put on by Greyhound Racing in New Zealand at the Manawatu Raceway, with us not currently racing at Hattrick in Wanganui. That would normally have held during the course of this year, the Wanganui Cup and the, the Spion Rose, both Group 1 races and some other Group races are on the sides uh, of those particular programs and so with us having missed those Damien, uh, they put on that special meeting with uh, heats last week, finals on Friday, the wind power stakes, the turbo territory and also the WF Massey Memorial and we're going to reflect on some of the fine performances. The big races were won by effectively the locals uh, the central districts trainers but there were some very good performances on the undercard from the Canterbury visitors, including a track record. But more on that throughout the hour. Absolutely. And a big welcome to you, Andy McCook. How's your week been, mate? Yeah, good afternoon, boys. Uh, pleasure to be along again for another uh, edition of Kiwi Chasing. And uh, been good. Been good. Um, was good tuning into the action uh, on Friday out of uh, Palmerston North, even if the, the local CD Greyhounds did give it to the Canterbury visitors. But, uh, hey, that's the way it goes. And uh, the Canterbury boys uh, certainly uh, winning a few on the undercard, which was super. Yeah, absolutely sensational. It just highlights the depth. And speaking of depth, uh, our next guest, Rosso, certainly has just that. Uh, Invercargill trainer and, it's, I guess, a family affair as well. Uh, yes, uh, Maddie Hamilton's got to be our first guest today. Now, we've got two meetings in New Zealand today. Of course, uh, we're used to having the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club on a Sunday. They have a seven-race card out of Monaco today for the local trainers up there. There's 14 races on the card from quite soon, actually. The first race at 11.57 New Zealand time, 9.57 Eastern Standard there. And um, Maddie Hamilton joins us. Maddie with just the one dog in today, but also helps her grandfather, Roy Hamilton, who's got three in and we'll talk about those shortly but first of all welcome to kiwi chasing maddie hi guys hey look maddie um 
What's it like for you down there, uh, bottom of the country? Um, Southland Greyhound Racing Club have a proud history, but you know you don't have meetings that can necessarily sustain you full time. So, uh, how was it for someone like you, based in Invercargill, and and for racing opportunities for the dogs that that you and your grandfather and that local trainers have? Um, to be honest, yeah, you are right. It's not very, um, yeah, great opportunity for that for us down here. We don't see that very often. It's normally having to drive eight hours up to Christchurch. So it's good that they've brought it down here um, and given us a chance as well. Got the uh, the Galway Cup for the distance dogs, the uh, Far South Challenge for the middle distance dogs. Features right across the board too coming. So we will have a bit of a concentration on Kiwi chasing this month uh, for the Southland Greyhound Racing Club. Um, Maddie, is it simply a, a family background for you and how you got into greyhound racing? Yes, yeah, so my granddad started getting into it when I was probably four. Um, we had our first dog, we got it off John McEnany back then. Um, and yeah, we've just done it ever since. It sort of skipped a generation of my parents and has come down to me. Well, you've uh, you've picked up the mantle. Look, I just got the one greyhound in today, Snippet Jewel. We'll talk about that shortly. But um, in in general, uh, your kennel, how big is it? How many dogs do you train? Um, just because it's just a hobby for us, um, we've got multiple retired dogs hanging around. Um, and then we've got another Southern Lights litter that's just about to start racing. So we've got five pups hanging around as well. Um, but our actual racing team is relatively small. So we've, Granddad's got uh, three race dogs and I've got one. Um, that's all we need. The rest of the crew keeps us pretty busy anyway. And they're all in today. We'll go through them in a moment with uh, with Andy McCook. But, um, Maddie, I understand too that um, you are also a, uh, a regional manager down there for greyhounds that get injured. We had Ashley Bradshaw on the, the show a couple of weeks ago. She's the Canterbury equivalent. So how long have you been doing that and what does that entail for you? Uh, so they reached out to me probably the start of the year. So, um, and they got my first one come through uh, probably four months ago now. Um, and basically, it's just giving those dogs a chance that get injured on track um, down here. So it was in the Fulbury region as well, but obviously that's finished. So uh, if any of them happen to hurt themselves on track, um, they get immediate veterinary attention. And then once they've had their surgery or their treatment, they come home to me and I do the rehab on them for a few months and then they go off to their homes. Maddie, I understand that um, you've got a veterinary background yourself, so you're the, the ideal person for this, really. Yes, I was uh, working at the vets that were doing the surgery, so that was pretty um, good for me to continue the care at home, and I've been a vet nurse for three years, so I definitely have a bit of medical knowledge, which helps as well, um, and I'm also done courses in canine rehabilitation and physio, so that's also... A good wee side thing. Well, Maddie, might uh, bring Andy McCook in here. And Andy, I know that you're working on trackside here today and you'll be covering off the Southland meeting with the 14 races, some excellent fields, and uh, hopefully, hopefully a winner or two with the surname Hamilton later. 
Yeah, looking like they might get uh, one or two on the card. Uh, Rosso, Maddie, a very good morning to you. Andy McCook here. Uh, obviously, we'll start off with uh, with your runner goes around in race number eight, Snippet Jewel, a greyhound who uh, won very well last week. You haven't had her for long. Uh, steps up to the 457 metres today. What are you expecting from her? Um, she can definitely run it. She wasn't... Yeah, you were right. I only got her the week before she started racing for me. Um... Yeah, she's just a quiet wee dog. Um, confidence is probably her biggest issue, but she seems to like the track down here a bit more. So, um, yeah, not not expecting her to be amazing, but she tries, and, yeah, she's been going good, so we'll just keep our fingers crossed. She was able to clock a handy enough time last week as well, Maddie, 22.75, so the, the step to C1 shouldn't hold too many fears for her. Yeah, she seemed pretty comfortable in that race, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's just about keeping her confidence up. I think a smaller kennel base is probably more suited to her. So, yeah, we'll see. On to your, uh, your granddad's runners and, uh, and no doubt the, the star of the kennel down there, Southern King. He's a, a dead set beast when it comes to racing at Invercargill. Comes up with box seven today. Yes, he is an absolute beast. Um, he's much like his father, Southern Light. Granddad doesn't like to handle him, so I get that task. And <laughs> if anyone follows me around the track, they hear quite a few offensive words because he's just full of beans and exactly how his father was. He just wants to get out there, and once it's finished, he just wants to keep going. So, yeah, he's got the drive. He's, uh, he's been in super form of late as well, winning four of his last five. What are you expecting from him today? Uh, Granddad and I never like to expect big things from the dogs because um, it's just racing once throughout the boxes. You don't know what's going to happen, but he's definitely got a chance. He's strong enough. It's just whether or not he jumps. You've also got uh, another couple going around. Uh, little sister to him is Southern Phoenix, who gets a starting off the ballot, comes up with box number eight, recent form fair, but uh, but downgrades. Yes, yeah, so she could, she should go good today. Um, she's fairly well, really small bitch, so she um, she has to work really hard. She's got the same heart and drive that Southern King has, but she's just tiny. So as long as she jumps, I think she'll be good on the outside. Nothing touches her. And in race number 11, Southern Angel going around. Another Greyhound who's on the downgrade today, and she looks pretty hard to beat. Yeah, she's a good wee girl. Um, she's a favourite of Granddad. She doesn't really do much wrong. And, yeah, she as long as she doesn't get touched either and jumps, she should be all right um, on a downgrade as well. She's done it before, so she should be pretty comfortable. If we put you on the spot and uh, you have to pick one of the four greyhounds going around as the best chance for the day, who would you say? Oh, I'd actually probably say Southern Phoenix today. Beautiful. Well, uh, thank you for your time, Maddie, and, uh, and best of luck going through the meeting today and uh, in the future with your uh, your young litter. Oh, thanks, guys. Hey, thanks, Maddie. Rosso, they're a, a force to be reckoned with when it... Go ahead, no, Rosso. Go ahead, son. Oh, no, you go. Right. No, you go. Yeah. Oh. Age before well, beauty. Ah, that's the one. Hey, um, look, I, I, was, I was getting a bit excited because um, Maddie spoke pretty confidently about Southern Phoenix. Threw it out as the best of the four, potentially. $7.50. 
That's a good. That's a good coin. That's a good coin. Uh, it's a. It's a very even field, and it's got a greyhound called Kickow in box six. And Rosa, it's a greyhound you know a little bit about, and we know that he likes to charge mm. over to the rail a wee bit. So, it's a, a very winnable race, and uh, from box number eight, uh, looks very hard to beat. And personally, thought Southern Angel a big chance on the downgrade into box number one as well. So, it could be a nice day for the Hamiltons. Yeah, he certainly could, but uh, race 10, number 10, Southern Phoenix, New Zealand TAB at the moment, offering $7.50. Um, Andy, um, fairly short, I'm going to be chatting with uh, Courtney Turnwood about uh, Cumbria Lad, who she trained to win the $30,000 wind power stakes on Friday. But uh, just a, a couple of dogs I wouldn't mind you comment on. Uh, firstly, of course, in terms of the Canterbury visitors, um, Gina Dave Fahey got a couple on the undercard, and Gary Cleave produced no keeper to run a, a track record on a day where the track was fine, but it wasn't lightning fast by any stretch, but he jumped to the front over 660 metres and, and broke a pretty handy uh, track record by about six one-hundredths of a second, just further enhancing this greyhound's reputation as a superstar, or potential superstar stayer. Scary thing if he can run 700 for his rivals. It was uh, a case of race over two strides into that when he, he led to the lead. It's not something we've seen from him very often, if uh, ever at all. So not surprised to see the track record go. He's a, a greyhound who, from start one, we've uh, we've all been waiting to see him go over the 600. Of course, he's uh, he's been he's been Group One uh, a Group One winner over the 500. So he's got a, a very good record, very good credentials. Ran the the 600 down here at Addington like he uh, could get further and. At 600 at Palmy breaking the track record, suggesting that he can run a little bit further as well. So, super effort from him. To be fair, Rosa, the uh, the New Zealand Cup winner was good as well. Delicia Bell running second, chasing him the whole way, and she didn't give it away. She only went down a couple of lengths. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's been quite remarkable, hasn't it, from them? Um, no keeper equaling the track record at Addington, then breaking the track record at Palmerston North, and both times with Delicia Bale uh, in behind, and they uh, they streeted their rivals. The Canterbury visitors had it all over the uh, the CD there. In the Turbo Territory, $15,000 short course final over 410 metres. Well, um, the Lisa Cole Kennel qualified all eight finalists. The favourite was the Galaxy winner, Big Time Cooper, off box number one. Andy, it, fair to say, he probably had his chance. And we saw a dog, Typhoon Tim, who I must admit I pegged as a, a short course 300 metre dog, ideal for the Galaxy. And of course, he finished third in that behind Cooper. But actually, he's really muscled up a bit, and um, he was a very good winner over the 14 and a nice time in that feature. He was very good. Of course, uh, his first start here in the country, we saw him lead at Cambridge over the, the 375 and uh, Opawa Phil, he, he blew play a pass straight past him up the home straight. So he did appear to be a, a 300 metre specialist, but uh, he was very good yesterday. I, uh, oh, sorry, on Friday, I, um, I, I personally thought Cooper was close to a home run off the inside the way he'd been racing, but uh, he wasn't able to reel back in Typhoon Tim, who was, uh, who was just bowling along in front, got it all right on the day. And, Rosa, to be fair, he, he took a couple of knocks early as well, Typhoon Tim, so it was a, a better run even than it looks uh, if you go and have a look at the head-on and the 410 certainly holding no fears and he might be a greyhound that could uh, potentially run that uh, that sub-23 there at some point. He could indeed. He was 23 and 18 there uh, on the Friday afternoon. Andy, we'll let you go and get set up there with Trackside, get you back for some tips uh, a little bit shortly on, on Kiwi Chasing. Meanwhile, Damien, uh, just around the corner, I'll have a chat with uh, another a young female trainer making some waves, and that's Courtney Turmel who trained the, the outright feature on Friday.
That's right, the wind power stakes, as you mentioned before, at Palmerston North, $30,000, the prize money there. We'll take a break on Kiwi Chasing. We do this, of course, for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first bet Sunday through Friday, grnz.co.nz. Visit that at any time. Damian Watson, Andy McCook and Mark Rosanowski with you on this Sunday morning on SEN Track. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds, first perform. And a big welcome back to Kiwi Chasing. All thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for four. Damien Watson here, and I'm joined by Mark Rosanowski, well-known broadcaster in Greyhound Racing in New Zealand. And Rosso, we had an exciting 24-hour period on Friday, and our next guest was part of just one of a multitude of highlights. Yeah, certainly, Damien. We uh, we speak of Courtney Turnbull, uh, young trainer out of Foxton, and uh, the wind power stakes for $30,000 on Friday was the outright feature on a wonderful card of racing. <laughs> it was just a tremendous field uh, with the Canterbury visitors coming to town to try and knock off the locals, but it was a Central District's victory to Cumbria Lad, making it four straight wins for him. Courtney, um, look, good morning. Congratulations on Friday's win from Cumbria Lad, and how's it feeling a couple of days down the track? morning, Rosso. Um, it feels pretty surreal still. It hasn't really sunk in yet, but um, I've definitely had a lot of messages and, and whatnot to to remind me <laughs> of his success. Um, but no, it, it was definitely a big thrill. I saw you prior to the races on Friday. Look, you seem very composed. Um, it's been... Um uh, recent since you got a, a, a license, so it was a, a very big race for someone early on. But I guess you've been around greyhound racing for for so long, pretty much most of your life. Or was it? Was you, did you just take it in your stride? Yeah, no, I think I've having been around it quite often and luck, been lucky enough to be involved in some quite big races. You kind of get used to it; you don't get too nervous. But I think realistically, I also just looked at the field and realised any of the eight could win it and probably would have deserved to win it. So. Even though my dog was drawn very well, he loves box two. He's only missed a win from there once. Um, I wasn't. I wouldn't have been surprised if any other dog had won it. It was such a strong field. So, although I thought he would be in with a good chance from where he was, I wasn't expecting a win. I think that definitely takes a little bit of the pressure off. Courtney, were you able to see much from your vantage point out there on the track? I mean, clearly the, the jump was going to be crucial, but um, he actually out-jumped some dogs who are normally very quick off the boxes. Were you able to sort of see much of it and take it in? Yeah, sometimes from the 450 boxes it can be quite difficult, but the way he jumped and the fact he was on the rail, I was able to see that he'd outstepped a couple of, of quicker dogs like the Freedom Leagues and the Big Time Kayleys, and I think that was definitely key in, in his winning of the race. Um, I don't think it may not have been the same result if he had missed it. He hadn't been too consistent going into into the series. So from where I was, I was able to see him hit the lead and then it was just watching the few dogs behind him to see if anything could pick him up. But I felt a little bit more confident going into the home straight because he can be quite strong on his run home. So luckily not too many nerves when I saw him hit the front. Fair to say, Courtney, uh, he, he really is a fighter, isn't he? He's been involved in some really close finishes of late and he's been coming out on the right side of those. Yeah, he's, he's a dog that definitely gives 100%. I think he knows 
he knows what he's there to do and he wants to win. And on those close finishes, like you said, he's always just managed to come out on top. They might not be his best races, but he, he will give everything until the very last second. And that's all you can ask of these dogs. I couldn't be more proud of him. He just, he loves to race. He knows what he's doing. And he, like I said, 100% every time. You took him down to Addington, to Christchurch, for the New Zealand Cup Series. He got knocked out in the semi-finals, although, as it turned out, that semi was very close and any one of a number of them could have actually qualified. He wasn't that far away from qualifying for the final. How did he handle that, the trip away? How did you handle it? And, um, and would you travel him again? You know, he, he handled the trip very well. He was quite lucky. It was me and him. He was in the boat, um, had a very, very nice trip down. He unfortunately didn't get to trial. The plan was to trial him a couple of weeks out, but his last race at Manor 2, Big Time Ripper, came out and clipped him out of the box and he came off a little bit sore. So all things considered, I thought he handled the track first up very well. Most dogs don't handle Addington as well as he did. Um, was a great traveller. Uh, like you said, in his semi, the four dogs that finished last, the last four I would have picked, could have all been in the final. So I think it was just down to being very stiff competition and and couldn't be too disappointed with his run, especially him running home with some of those strong dogs, you know, the Raja Bales, it's a blaze and, and whatnot. Um, but, you yeah, know, he's, he's a great traveller, which gives a lot of confidence. I would travel him again if the races... If, if hopefully we get some some decent races. I know we're going into restricted age season. He's getting a little bit old, but so if the races came up like the Auckland Cup, he may have to go back and have another go. And how did he come through that race on Friday, uh, Courtney? Is he looking good for a, for a, another race at the end of this week? He straight after the race, he was very tired. Uh, not surprising, he, he he ran the race with life. I thought he'd be a bit tired the next day, but he was. Um, bouncing off the walls, barking his head off. So he's, he's actually come through all right. The plan is to give him a few weeks off. He deserves a break. He hasn't had a proper break for, gee, since probably back since March when he, he fell in his Auckland Cup heat. So he's been pretty consistent, consistently raced throughout the year. Um, so much to his disgust. He'll be having a couple of weeks off, having a bit of a spell, and he'll be, he'll be back in the new year. He won't have too long off. Awesome. Well, he's entitled. Uh, but, Courtney, no rest for you. You've got a couple in tomorrow. Uh, the lower grade meeting that we've got, um, races one and two, actually, early on. Um, firstly, race one, number seven, Stay Connected. We know he's a pretty talented dog. He just hasn't won as many races as, well, I would have expected him to anyway, given the talent that he's shown on occasions. Yeah, no, definitely. He, back around Commentator's Day, I think it was, which must have been back March or April this year, he he went under 26 seconds, and you'd think, at the 450 minute or two, and you'd think, oh, cool, this dog's got to go on to win a few races. But um, he's just one of those dogs that he likes to find trouble, and he, he runs home. His first section isn't his strongest, but... um. He's had a few goes over the 600, and I think that's probably more where his future lies. I originally had him nominated, him and Crispy Chicken, in race two tomorrow. They were both nommed for a 600 tomorrow, but we didn't get the numbers, so hopefully there'll be some maiden distance races coming up, because I think, I mean, Stay Connect has been proven over the 600. He's run some really good races um, over the last, more so around the middle of the year. Um, Box 7's probably not where he, you would think he would want to be, but he's not seeming to angle in as much as he did in the start of his career. So hopefully he could get a clean run from the outside tomorrow. I think he's, he's back and realising he wants to be a race dog. He went a much better race last week. Definitely 
improved coming off of coming off a few niggles. So look, hopefully he can get round all good tomorrow, um, and then hopefully go into more so the six hundreds in the next couple of weeks. Okay, we'll mark him down for that. Courtney, in race two, number four, Crispy Chicken, looks to be in a strong field tomorrow, but I guess this dog has to hold, um, you have to hold him in, in um, pro probably quite dear to you, given he gave you your first win in your own name. Yes, he did. It was it was probably more of a surprise first winner. Um, I think going into it, probably would have expected Cumbria Lad to perhaps be the first one, but no, he, he went really good in that first win. Uh, he's a dog that you never know what what kind of crispy chicken you're going to get on a day but he last week too jumped to the front um or near enough to the front and ran a much better race he's a different dog on the bunny but unfortunately he doesn't jump too consistently um but hopefully he's switched on a little bit more since last week and he's in a very strong field tomorrow like you said but i just hoping he shows he can run home strong and hopefully he too will be in the 600s in the next couple of weeks and Courtney, you've got some uh, nice new dogs breaking in, I believe. Yes, I've got a, a ladder, Fusion Cronulla Diner Double One. They're getting a bit old. They're going to be two um, this month, but they uh, have been delayed a little bit, but they're trialling really well, got some nice run homes, so hopefully they'll be nice and strong like their mum. Um, doing everything right, so I can't complain. And I've also got a few Phantom Way monster fish pups, um, Phantom Way was a great stay. Our monster fish was a little bit like Cumbria Lad and loved the 450 on a Monday at Manawatu. So hopefully they can live up to their parents' potential and win some races. Courtney, we can never look too far ahead in this game, but um, you know, how are you finding it as a, a professional trainer? You've got other qualifications. There are other things you could certainly be doing, but at the moment it's Greyhound Racing dominating your life. How's that going? Yeah, no, it's been good. Like you said, I... I do have other qualifications. I came into this after a stint being an auditor and having an accounting degree, but just felt, you know, I grew up with the dogs and felt it was about time to come back and, and have a go. Um, the future's looking hopefully bright, looking at <laughs> the dogs are breaking in at the moment. Definitely exciting and making it, uh, looking forward to 2022, that's for sure, and just seeing how this goes. But it's definitely, especially after Friday, this has all gone off to a very good start, so hopefully the success can continue. Yeah, indeed. Congratulations again, Courtney. Thanks for your time this morning. Thank you. Thank you. There you go, Damien. That's uh, Courtney Turmald. I tell you what, I know Andy and I have talked about it a few times and we've interviewed some of the young trainers on the show and we had Maddie on, of course, this morning. She's just got the one dog in, but it's got other dogs around her and her granddads, of course. We really are blessed in this country with, um, you know, the next generation. They're here and they're doing really good things. Oh, absolutely, and it's quite fascinating, isn't it? She has an auditing and accounting background, so it's a double-edged sword in many respects, and we see that a lot throughout the industry where a number of trainers have experience and also qualifications in other fields, and I think it's great that people are combining the two or have combined the two at some stage throughout their lives. We'll take a break for the news on Kiwi Chasing. More to cover on the other side. Andy McCook will rejoin us as we look ahead to some of the meetings going forward. We do this for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form. Welcome back to Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning on SEN Track. Damien Watson joined by Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form. And speaking of form, we're going to look ahead to the upcoming meetings and try and find a few winners, Rosso. 
Indeed we are, and uh, Andy McCook, we welcome you back in, uh, of course, with you being full-time with Trackside now. You're covering off plenty of meetings. Obviously, we've got Southland today. I see it's raining down there. First race, only about 20 minutes away. Uh, and also Monaco with seven race uh, races today. I'm not sure if you're going to touch on today or look ahead to another 24 races over the next couple of days on your local track at Christchurch. But one thing's for sure, my friend, every single day, I'd imagine, you've got your nose in some fields. Yeah, it's not easy. There's uh, fields galore down here in Canterbury at the moment and uh, obviously down in the Cargill as well. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get stuck into today. Sundays haven't been kind to me, but hoping uh, that it might be a little bit different today. Uh, we'll kick off with uh, with Invercargill, race one down there. I think there's a nice bet, Nighthawk Storm. Comes into this a little bit fresh. He's got nice form over the uh, the middle distance journeys, and he meets a field that just doesn't have that form. So he opened up $4 this morning. I think he's into about $3.50 now. I had him priced at about 2 bucks. so I think he's a great bet in the first to, to kick off the day, Nighthawk Storm. Uh, race number three uh, out of the same kennel Matt Roberts he prepares Go Johnny Go who's a little bit fresh spare box uh, to his outside will only aid him today Go Johnny Go and I think the best version of him a, a nice each way play he's about six dollars at the moment Johnny so pretty keen around him uh, race five uh, Pepper Chimes he's stepping back up to the 457 metres which suits him down to the ground I think he can go very close best bet of the day goes around in race six a dog uh, called Upstart Crow he comes up with box eight he's, uh, he's second up from a spell today, Upstart Crow, and I'm very, very keen on him. He, uh, he loves a wide draw. He'll uh, be powering into it into the corner, not always the first away, but his, uh, his second phase acceleration is very, very good. Uh, then a little bit of value in race nine, Young Romeo. He's at a nice price, close to $10. Uh, he can uh, set them up in front, I'm hoping. He gave uh, Southern Light something to think about down at Invercargill a few starts ago, so that sort of form replicated can be very hard to beat. Long shot of the day, race 10. Come on, Benny Boy. He's $14 down grades. So I think he can uh, he can give us a little bit of a run. It's uh, better than 16 to 1. And Rosso, one of my other best bets of the day, actually goes around in race 13, so I'm not entirely sure that the Australian listeners can get on, but Fireball Fudge, if they have a way to get on uh, in race number 13, I know some of the Australian agencies can't go and uh, and take from uh, you know anything over race 12, but she comes up with box number 8, and she'll be very, very hard to beat uh, in that if they can get on. I can see a Super Heinz bet coming here, Andy. That's magnificent looking through the Southland card today. And, of course, the first of those is now less than 20 minutes away. So we talk about the first bet here on Kiwi Chasing and across the week as well with Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Well, your first bet's coming soon here on Kiwi Chasing this morning. Uh, to Manawatu tomorrow, we'll be calling the low-grade meeting there. Race 2 dog to Allegro Mars. Impressive winner on Friday should repeat. Got a couple of first starters out of a qualifying troll last week to have a look at. Race 3, number 2, Grass Cutter Alex for Bill Hodgson. He produced a litter sister in um, Wonder Woman to win on debut last week and he'll go close with grass cutter Alex too I think the dog that beat Alex in the qualifying trial goes around in race five number six Highview Bruce for Gary and Sandra Fredrickson who had a fabulous day with three winners on Friday including the distance feature uh, big time star race nine number four I think can win again after winning last week and I think we'll actually be at okay odds in a competitive field and big time Rita comes up with box one in race number 11 on the card tomorrow. She won't be at long odds in that, but uh, that draw could help her win and go into a multi for you tomorrow at the Palmerston North Greyhounds. Andy, will bid you farewell as you get ready for the first at Southland. Good luck with those selections today. I'm looking forward to uh, slipping a multi on. 
Yeah, thanks, Rosa. I'll, uh, I'll go and uh, get the other hat on for trackside and, uh, and get that sorted. And had to tip out a few. I had to try and uh, meet your uh, 20 into 14,000. I think the one I'm tipping today is about that. I'm hoping we can go somewhere nearer to it. Yes, the only problem with that, Andy, is I only got four of them home out of the seven. So I uh, hope you can do better than that. It's, it still kind of covers you, but um, no, let's go for glory today. It's Andy McCook there, uh, Damien, throwing out some uh, some decent priced uh, runners we can follow today at Southland. And it will be a first bet, all right, because race number one there is at uh, 9.57 Eastern Standard Time, 11.57 uh, 11 mine. Yeah, absolutely right. And on the other side of this break, we'll be speaking with Vaughan Clark, speaking of the linkage between Australia and New Zealand. He is a man who epitomises that, isn't he? A Melbourne-based owner of Free Widders at Palmerston North on Friday. We'll take a break. All thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds, the first performed. This is Kiwi Chasing of this Sunday morning. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds, first performed. And a big welcome back to Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning. All thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for Forbes. Damien Watson joined by Mark Rosadowski. And we were talking before about the linkage between Australia and New Zealand. And our next guest certainly does exemplify that. Yes, indeed. It's uh, it's Vaughan Clark, a good mate of mine, came out of uh, Hamilton here in New Zealand and uh, was in Wellington for a good number of years, uh, part of the initial uh, bookie setup as a, a greyhound bookmaker here before spreading his wings and going to the other side of the world and then eventually to Melbourne, but of course continuing his connection in New Zealand with a, a number of fine dogs that he's raced over the years. But um, Vaughan, as we say good morning to you, um, look, you've had... Uh, Many a good time, many a good day and night in greyhound racing, but as an owner, with three wins, a, a second and a third on, on Friday, how did that compare? That'd be right up there. Yeah, thanks, Rosso. Good morning. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I've never had three wins as an owner on a meeting before, so um, to do it on a premier meeting that really counted and with uh, fine intention winning the feature race um, yeah, it was a terrific result but as you know yourself um, things are not always rosy and it's been a tough year overall with kettle cough lockdowns and COVID lockdowns and losing Hattrick and many key dogs injured so um, to get a good result in uh, the start of December was great. And I, I was talking to Gary. I said, look, this is the best month we've ever had. We're only three days into it. So that, that's uh, a bit of a surprise, <laughs> but a, a, a good one. <laughs> Indeed, that's uh, Gary Fredrickson you talk of. Gary and Sandra, of course, training those three winners for you. And we, we had Gary on the show last week. Look, on fine intention, uh, Vaughan, today, she kind of epitomises the ups and downs of Greyhound Racing just in her last few starts because three starts back, um, she looked a, an absolute moral to go on and win a heat of the Group 1 New Zealand Stayers Cup and obviously be a big chance in the final. Lo and behold, she took a check on the home turn, got completely unbalanced and somehow managed to, to finish seventh. But she's put that behind her now. Yeah, it was a very unlucky run down there at um, Christchurch and to make the, the Gary to make the trip down there and everything. It was he was pretty gutted with that result because she looked like a winner and then uh, never even run in the top four as it turned out when she found trouble as she was about to thread her way through. So for her to uh, go on and win this feature race um, is very satisfying. I, I think she deserved to have a decent race on her resume now, and she has. And um, 
while a lot of the better stayers have recently retired and um, may not be in the best form, she certainly is in great form now. And you think of all the times where we've watched races go by where we've had a dog good enough to compete in them and been injured, you certainly take these when they come along. Yes, certainly. Um, look, what is there for her now, uh, Vaughan? Because um, obviously it's it's very difficult to place these distance greyhounds. There aren't many 700-metre races. Even finding a shift for the 700-metre dogs is all the way down at Invercargill, the, the $20,000 Galway Cup's probably a bit far from Foxton. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll give uh, Invercargill a miss, but she'll have a well-earned uh, week or two off, and uh, then her next assignment will be the Cambridge Premier Meeting, where there's a distance feature on that uh, meeting on New Year's Eve. So um, that'll be her next target. And um, look, she's April 2018, so um, over three and a half now, but she's quite lightly raced for a three and a half year old, and. Um, we just seem to find that once we stepped her up to the 600 and 700 metre racing, she seems to have just got better and better with the more miles in the legs. The silver collar probably come around a bit too soon, and while she performed admirably in that, uh, we're hoping that next silver collar, which will probably just about be the twilight for her, she may be a more seasoned and stronger sayer when that comes around in, in June. Vaughan, you, um, you kicked off the meeting with uh, Blink and Lily winning and it was terrific to see her back in winning form after after four misses and a couple of races where she looked like she probably should win. And speaking of 600 metre dogs, is, the po is there the possibility for her to step up from here? Yeah, well, I had a bit of a discussion with Gary about this last night and a bit of a left field suggestion, like normally you wouldn't think about stepping the, a good 500 metre dog that can uh, compete in class 5 up to 600, more of a plan B thing but as you know with her, she's, she's a bit different, she's a bit of a fragile soul and while she can run very quickly um, if she doesn't lead her races um, she doesn't handle herself well in a field um, and to throw her to the walls up against dogs like Cumbria Lad and Big Time Bree and all these fast beginners, she, she's going to find it very hard to lead class five middle distance races. So while she's never had a 600, um, she looks as though she would be able to run it. Um, she's quite one pace, but it's a very fast one pace, but she's got good early speed and her run homes at Hattrick and those three early wins were really good. So she'd have no problem leading 600 metre races so um, that may be the thing we need to do to not only save her career but to also uh, there's the potential there that she could be really good at it so we may try her over 600 metres um, sooner rather than later now that she's up to class 5 in the middle distances Vaughan you texted me on Friday and you said that um, the dog you really wanted to see win of yours on Friday was Be Lucky Banjo back from uh, some uh, ligament injury and she duly obliged in the last off quite a light preparation and frankly she was quite brilliant because she went faster than the Turbo Territory winner uh, and uh, and also another winner on the card called Rock On John who both ran 23.18, Be Lucky Banjo 23.11. That must have been as good as you could possibly have expected from her fresh. 
Yeah, I, I thought that was terrific, Rosso, and whilst it was a lower quality race than the other two, it perhaps pleased me the most because I've just had a very high opinion of this field right from the beginning, and um, a few niggling injuries, a couple of months off, you never really know how they're going to return, so to see her just bounce to the front was great, but then after that, the way she sprouted wings up the home straight and just seemed to click up gears the further she went was just terrific, and um, as we put her over 457, I'm sure you'd see the same thing. Um, so she looks to be 100%. Um, and, yeah, just excited about the future with her and um, things like the match race series, like Amazing Chases and um, the Golden Chase at Manawatu in March, things like that I'm really looking forward to for her and potentially down the track over 600 metres plus for her as well. And, and Vaughan, yeah, it must have been very disappointing to miss the New Zealand Cup uh, series with her, uh, given the way she was going at the end of September. Yeah, it certainly was. Um, we thought we, a month or so prior, we were going to take three strong chances there with her and Lily and Levi, but um, as it turned out, we only took Lily with the other two having injuries. Um, and, uh, yeah, Lily blew the start by five lengths down there in her heat and never went any further so we had a pretty abrupt end to the New Zealand Cup campaign Vaughan, uh, just a couple of minutes left here but um, look you've got a couple of New Zealand bred greyhounds that have been battling around in the, the lower grades but you had a great week with Eddie Everest um, Gary Fredrickson tipped him out to us last week and he, he won off box one on the Wednesday then he came out on Friday, and although he's beaten a long way in the 660-metre race, he finished third. He had some terrific dogs behind him. He had two Group 1 winners ahead of him uh, in a track record. Yeah, that was a bit of a, bit of a surprise. Um, I mean, he always looked like a dog that was running on strongly in his 457-metre races, but, you, you know, they're only Class 1 457-metre races, and he's up against 600-metre dogs that are known as Class 4 and 5 dogs over 600. So you just think, oh, how is he going to compete against these? But he, he showed enough that um, to suggest that um, he will be well worth nominating in 600-metre races going forward. So to have another dog like that, he's all of a sudden his value was um, shot up a fair bit after the other day. And you'd think he'd only get stronger from here as well. So... Um, you know, it's difficult to get 600-metre races off the ground, but he can help do that. But not only that, shows that he's good enough to um, place at worst in them. So, yeah, he's he's um, coming along well, the young boy. Yeah, and Vaughan, uh, race eight, number three tomorrow, defer fire. You probably don't want to spend too much time on him, but look, he, he tries hard enough. He's won a couple and he ran second last week. Yeah, he started off his career with a 1770, I think it was, at Hattrick. Um, we thought, OK, well, that's a good start, and um, he sh should go a fair way through the grades. But um, at the moment, he seems to be flat out trying to win another Class 1 sprint. So, yeah, he he hasn't really improved from where we would have liked, but um, he, he picked up plenty of placings. Hey, Vaughan, congratulations. Three wins, that third with Eddie Everest as well, a second with Sparkle Pony fresh up too and a quality sprint field as well. So uh, it doesn't get much better than that and we hope your form can hold throughout December, make it a super month for you and Gary and Sandra Fredrickson. Thanks for your time. Cheers. Thanks, Rosso. Thanks for having me on. That wraps us up. Vaughan Clark there. Wrapping up. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. TV Chasing. 